Distance Daddies. Welcome back to the fifth episode of Distance Daddies. This week, we talk about our world's predictions, which are coming up on Friday. So we go through our predictions for each event for gold, silver, and bronze from the 100 meters all the way to the marathon. Then we have an interview with Koo Stevens. He is a recent high school graduate who will be running for the University of Oregon as their first Native American runner. So he takes us through his running career and how he didn't have a team to run with or a coach and ended up becoming a state champion. Also, Eleanor Fulton, who was our previous podcast guest, ended up PRing in the 800 with a 202 at the Stumptown Twilight. So congratulations to her. And with that, let's get into it. This Friday, we have World Championships starting in Eugene. So what do you guys think for predictions? Let's start with the 800, or do you want to start with sprints? Sprints. Yeah, we've got to do sprints. All right. Let's start with the 100 for men and women. Let's start with the men. You guys going curly? Yeah, U.S. is sweeping. I'm going Curry, a whole U.S. Trayvon, sweep, yes, sir. <laughs> That's exactly what I have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about for the women? Are they also going to get a sweep? Nope. <laughs> nah, I think Shelly Ann wins. Uh, Elaine Thompson, hurrah, is second. And then Aaliyah whips out the bronze. I went with Shelly winning. Sharika Jackson getting second, and then I stuck in Melissa Jefferson because uh, I want her to do good for the mid-major college people. Yeah, I had the same first two as you, and then I think uh, probably I'm going to go with Hobbs for the third. LSU, oh. baby. All right, let's move on to the 200. Start with the men. I'm going uh, I've with got them. another U.S. sweep. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, Lyles, Knighton, and Curly. That's exactly how I have it as well. Yep. And it's not biased at all. This is strictly off of analytics. <laughs> exactly. All right, how about women? Mm. All right, I have Sharika Jackson getting first. Wow, dude. <laughs> My girl Abby. Wow. With silver. Wow, that's actually disrespectful. And then uh, Favor, oh. Ophili, and Bronze. I would never pick Abby Steiner to lose on home soil. I'm sorry. That's just not happening. Ooh. Abby even though, Steiner. Even after her $2 million Puma contract? 
Yes, yes, she's going to take everything. I have her winning. And then I have actually Tamara Clark getting second, also from USA. Because we sweep these medals, except we don't get there because Shirka Jackson steals it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you have Shirka Jackson in third? Yes. Mm. I think that flight over from Jamaica is going to kill her, so. <laughs> I, I think uh, Abby Steiner is definitely going to get the dub, though. Not biased at all. I think Sharika Jackson gets the dub, Abby Steiner second, and then I'll give Tamara Clark third. That's fair. All right, what do you want to do next? Hurdles or the 400? 400. No, just, just do the four and then we'll do hurdles later. All right, 400 for the men, Michael Norman. I put another U.S. sweep here. <laughs> I put Michael Norman. I got Randolph Ross pulling up for second uh, just because I want him to do good since he's still, you know, a college runner. And yeah. then champion Allison for third. I think they'd take them all. Home soil, baby. We're getting all these medals. I'll go with the same. I have the same one and three, but I think Karani James gets silver. Ooh. From Granada. All right. How about for women? Oh, this man. is where the this is where the names start getting tough here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have Mara Lady Paulino. I think I said that right. And then uh, Talito gets second, and Cherokee Young in third. And I did Miller. Uibo from the Bahamas getting first, Polino from Dominican getting second, and then I stuck in Talitha Diggs getting third for U.S. I had Young, Polino, and then Diggs, so pretty similar. All right, how about, what do you want to do next, hurdles? Sure. Or, or skip hurdles altogether. <laughs> no, let's do hurdles because we have to shout out Sydney. All right. 110 hurdles for men. Devon, Devin Allen? No. No? There you Fuck yeah. Devin <laughs> Allen for his dad. Yeah, I think Devin, Devin Allen's Devin Allen's be racing hard. Oh, yeah? Well, Grant his, Holloway for his dad. How about that? His last track race before he starts for the Eagles? Um, Did Grant Hall of his dad die? No. <laughs> I just think his dad's going to be there cheering him on. No, I think I think if you want to, you know, if you want me to give you your props, you got to take down the king. So I think Grant Holloway's still going to take it. Then I have Devin Allen getting second. Then I have Trey Cunningham coming in third. Um, but I honestly could see the, uh, what's the other USA guy's name? Daniel Roberts. Yeah, taking that taking that last spot as well. I mean, it's really back and forth, but I think Grant Holloway's going to get his gears up and win that thing for me. Uh, I'm going Allen Holloway and then Cunningham for that Allen right, Holloway and uh, Marco Arup with Frenchie. Oh wait, no, I'm on the wrong event. <laughs> Yo, I was like, what? <laughs> I was looking at the 800. The well, other you know, Frenchie. Um, we sweep these. We sweep these. Sasha Zoya. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Dude, right. home soil, bro. We don't lose these. Come on. 
Um, 100 hurdles 100 for the hurdles. women. I got Kendra Harrison winning with Alicia Johnson taking second. One, two for the USA pair. And then I got Toby Amusing from Nigeria getting third to uh, ruin the, the sweep. I have the same top two. And then I have Jasmine uh, Camacho Quinn from Puerto Rico. I have the same as Eric. All right. Now. If Puerto Rico wins, is it kind of a sweep? Yes, I'll claim it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 400 hurdles for men. I'm going to take my boy, Rye Benjamin. And then Allison Dos Santos. And then Trevor Bassett for third. Mm, that's exactly what I have as Ooh. well. I have Rye, then Karsten Warholm, and then Allison Dos Santos. Although, uh, it would be nice to have another sweep, but we'll see. All right. Now for the 400 hurdles for the women. Sydney, 100%. No question. Then, bowl. And then, uh, probably night, but I'd like Wilson to be in there. See, I put McLaughlin and Wilson 1-2. Uh, home soil. That's going to be my excuse for everybody. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to use the USA... Oregon field as a our main source of winning and then bowl in third. I don't think Dolly is done. I think she pushes Sydney to another world record and then bowl third. All right. 800 for men. What you got? Donovan Brazier, Max <laughs> Bergen, and Marco Arup. All right. Bold predictions. I have uh, Mr. Bryce Hopple. The man who cannot lose will not lose. So I'm riding him to the championship uh, with Max Bergen from Great Britain in second, and then Marco Arat from Canada in third. I'm going to do the same picks, but Bergen, Arup, and then Hopple in third. Wow, dude. I'm just kidding. I don't think Brazier with his mystery injury makes it to a medal. All right, women, we got that sweep. Of course. Ating Mu, Aji Wilson, Raven Rogers. One, two, three. That's what I'm going with. Yep. Yep. Although I could see Keeley getting in there. We'll see. All right, 1,500 for men. I got to go Jakob. And then I'll go Timothy Chariot, who seems to battle with Jakob uh, pretty well. And then I'll go with Tefera from Ethiopia in third. Um, I'm going to go Jake Whiteman, Jakob, and Ali. I have Jakob getting first. I don't think I think he's gonna help push the pace, which is gonna make it really fun. Uh, Mr. Kipsong in second from Kenya, and then I put William Paulson in third from Canada. All right, move on to the steeple. You've got to do the women's, women's dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck. 
All right. Uh, women's 1500. Um, I have Faith Kipigan, um, Gurav Segei, and Froeni Hailu. I don't know how to say that name, but um, that's what I'm going with. Um, I got a I got an Ethiopian sweep with Segei, Mashisha, and Hailu. We're gonna go with them. Them three got a a different sweep. That's not USA right there. I'm gonna go Kipigon, Segei, and then I'll go with Hailu as well. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure the U.S. will be in contention there, but we'll see. All right, now let's move on to men's steeple. All right, I'm going to take El Bacali first, and then <laughs> La Mecha Gurma second, and then Jager on home soil. Shocks yes. the nation. Yes. Shocks the oh. world. Yes. Rounds into form and gets third. So I did El Bacali in first as well, but then I got a nice shocker for second and third as Hillary Boer and Jaeger take the medals. Home soil. We win these. Easy. Ooh. I'm going to go with El Bacali in first as well. And then I'm going to go Kipruto for second and then Jaeger for third. Jaeger, my bad. All right, women, I'm going to go with Emma for first. Bold. Yeah, she's going to really home take soil. it. Yeah, home soil. Plus, you know, she just wants that win after winning USA's and having a tough year at Tokyo. So she really wants that win. So I'm going to take her first, and then I'll take Yavi uh, in second. And then... Who, honestly, I'm going to take Courtney Wayman for third. <laughs> Sleeper. I have uh, I have Yavi winning it, and then I have Coburn getting second. Um, I just think Yavi's really good. And then I also have Wayman getting third, home soil. <laughs> Not biased at um, all. I'm going to do a U.S. sweep. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got Emma first, though. And then uh, Noah Gerudo. And then uh, Makita's Abebe. Abebe. How dare you not be on the Courtney Wayman train? I'm yeah. actually disappointed in you. Courtney Wayman gets fourth, but it's not her time yet. Wow. Wow, dude. I'm just... This fuels her for her gold at the Olympics. I'm with that. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> Uh, men's 5k um i have connor mans i have berihu aragawi and then mo ahmed in second and yakub in third both i have nicholas kipgori from kenya winning it and then jacob K-Rop from Kenya getting second, and then I have Jacob getting that third place steal. 
Uh, yeah, I have Kip Courier getting first, Aragawi in second, and then Jakob in third because there's quite a bit of time between the 5K and 1500, so I think he's fine for the double. Yeah, he's in good think, shape. Honestly, I could see him winning just because he don't lose. That's just me, though. <clears throat> Except he will lose the 15. He won't. He's not going to lose it. He won't. Be realistic, bro. It would be cool to just see Woody Kincaid just, like, have another insane <laughs> kick, though, and just, like, win. Right? That'd be awesome. Um, How about for women's 5K? Um, I have Sifan Hassan getting gold in her first real race of the year. She doesn't give a fuck. Um, then <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I have a Jagu Tai getting his silver, and Elise Cranny uh, fighting off Red S for third. Stay tuned have, for a future pod where we dive into Red S. I have uh, the same two first place that he has, but I have Carissa Swaiza for fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goat. I'm a I'm a roll with her for a medal. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Safan for gold, Tay for second, and then Constance Klosterhofen for third. Wow. Wow, sell out. You no actually know even... Kyle. Yeah, that's so messed up. Nope. All right. Uh men's ten K. Um the new King of distance running, Grant Fisher. Yes. First place, <laughs> Joshua Chepteji in second, and then Selimon Barrega in third. I went with Grant Fisher, Dub, Home Soil, the King of Kings, Mohammed Abed from Canada getting second, and then I stuck in Sean McGordy in there for third. Yes, because why not? Home Soil. Home Soil. <laughs> uh, I will take Grant, even though I'm a little worried. After Dude, he's he got lost. a title now, he's a winner. That's all I know him by. Yeah, but he's that was in the 5K. Clucker beat him in the 10K. So hey, you're you're thinking about the past too much. I just know him as a winner. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Grant for first, Ahmed for second, and Clucker for third. Clucker. All right, let's move on to the marathon for the men. <laughs> you I'm forgot like... the women's dead. <laughs> Shut up, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck. I think... Fuck. All right. Uh, let's move on to the women's 10K. All right, I'm going to take Eilish McClogan. Um, taking the, the gold... For the Brits, the Scots, whatever. Um, Carissa Schweitzer bringing it in in silver. And then um, let's send bet Giddy rounding it out. I have uh, Elish as well winning. I have Giddy getting second. And then I have Carissa once again getting a third place medal because home soil. Let's get it. I'm going to go with Eilish McCulgan for first. 
uh, Tay for second with that double. And then I'm going to go with Alicia Monson for third. Wow. Because I like on better than PTC. That's fair. Um, that sounds a right. little biased, though. It is biased, but that's okay. All right, now men's marathon. Uh, I got Lawrence Chirono, and then Galen, even though I hate him, and then Tamara <laughs> Tola. <laughs> I have Daniel Du Nascimento from Brazil getting the dub. Tamarat Tolo from Ethiopia getting second, and then Galen Rupp with a nice third place finish, and hopefully he retires after. Now he might got some more in him. We'll see. I'm gonna go with Tola for first, and then uh, Galmisa from Ethiopia in second, and then third, I'm going to take Abdi because. Wow. Because Galen Rupp has a history of being a cheater, so I think Mike Smith does not support that anymore, and wow. he's not going to do that great. I think that Galen Galen has a history of just dropping out of races too when he doesn't feel like perfect. So yeah, but I think he, he either medals or he drops out. And yeah, he's not going to drop out on U.S. soil. That's what I'm thinking. I think there's no in between, and I don't think I think since it's U.S. soil, he's gonna bring home a little medal for us. This is our year. This is USA's year. Okay, this is our time. All right, women's marathon. All right, I have Ruth, um, Angela Tanui in second, and then the sub Kira Diamato. Shocks the nation or world, whatever, and gets third. And that's exactly what I have as well. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Because home soil, baby. Let's go. We take these free medals. I do wish Molly Seidel were still in it, but that's okay. All right. Um, that's that's our preview. Yeah. Let's talk roast about... Us, roast us in the comments. Join our group on Let's Run to try to beat us yeah let us know if our picks are correct in your eyes or not do you have any other questions you want to uh add uh shit i don't know what other two was in the hospital with a We wish him a uh, speedy recovery as he had to get three stitches after he sliced his finger from an avocado. On our Distance Daddies Strava leaderboard, who Brandon was leading it this week? Uh, This last week was Mr. Lance Wesley, who logged a total of 68 total miles. So congrats to him. Join our Strava club if you want to try to compete. Get your shout out on the podcast. So congrats to Lance, Louisiana native. Let's go, baby. How's your guys' training going? Uh, it's going pretty well. We went through a little heat wave that kind of went, went away. So this last week was pretty nice. Um, kind of wish I would have ran just one more day on Sunday to kind of up my mileage for the week. But 
uh, just kind of stay within that 30 mile range. Um, but I am kind of looking to move up finally a little bit. Um, but we'll see, you know, I'll be doing a lot more solo running uh, now that I'm kind of moving to New Orleans. Uh, so try to link up with some people over here and find another group to kind of give me that push. Uh, but if not, we'll figure it out. Nice. I, I took a down week last week, mostly because I thought I ran on Tuesday, but I actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nice. going to be bumping back up to 50 miles this week and trying to run in this heat. For sure. Shit. If anyone out there listening is running the second Tracksmith 5K in Minneapolis, um, talk some shit. We'll we'll get some beef going. Hopefully, we're in the same race. <laughs> 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 All right, Kyle, how's yours going? Uh, I'm still building right now, trying to take it slow from my achilles rebuild uh so trying to do maybe like 25 miles this week working in some speed work did a very random track workout today where they rolled dice to see how long the intervals would be um so that was a little confusing slash fun i guess um but i was late so i missed out on the beginning reps but trying to do i think an 800 uh maybe in like a week or two see how much speed i got and then might do a cross-country race at the end of the month nice very nice anyone in fort collins wants to pace an 800 (laughs) hit up kyle yeah trying to go for 207 so Hit me up. And then sub two, right? Yeah, that's that's next. Gotcha. I just need like two more weeks and then I'll be sub two. Donovan Brazier, look out. Um all right. <laughs> all right, that's the end of the podcast, baby. <laughs> Follow our Insta at distance daddy. Up next is our interview with Koo Stevens. On the podcast today, we have Koo Stevens, who was a Nevada cross-country Gatorade Player of the Year, as well as multiple state champion, and going to be an Oregon Duck pretty soon. So, nice to have you on, Koo. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. It's cool. I like doing little podcasts and, you know, supporting different Nevadans. So, this is cool. Yeah. So... We'd like to start out just kind of talking about, I guess, your uh, high school running career and um, just kind of how you started running, what got you into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Start from there. Okay. Well, uh, my love for running definitely came from my dad. Um, He was just kind of a casual jogger. He was never very competitive, but uh, he definitely got me into it. I was really little. I was like eight years old when I won my first race. It was like a half a mile sprint. You know, it wasn't very competitive, but man, it was fun. And uh, I just really fell in love with it from that point on. My dad 
Um, he would take me out on his runs with him. Even going farther back, he would push me in a stroller on his runs. And then uh, that's how I got my training in, as I would see him. And then I would get out and jog for a little bit and get back in the stroller. And then um, didn't need the stroller anymore at one point. And then it seems like the next day I was beating him. And then I was beating everybody else. So, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, did you do any sports before running, or was running kind of the first thing you, you ever did? Uh, I was really active growing up. I feel like I tried and did everything. I tried wrestling for three years. I did soccer all the way up until high school. Um, I did baseball all the way up until high school. I was pretty good at that. Um, basketball, I still love basketball. I play it as often as I can. I'll go down to the gym probably after this and go shoot a few hoops with my cousins. And, uh, yeah, I was – I did a lot growing up. I was doing, like, three practices at one point. It was right after school was cross-country. Uh, that was in sixth grade. And then um, after that was to soccer. And then after that was out to the res to uh, practice res ball. So, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. I really enjoyed it, though. So yeah, I guess like give uh, the listeners, if you can, a little bit of like background on like the the area you grew up in and um, the size of your school and stuff like that, just for people that might not be as familiar. Well, I come from a, uh, a very small town. The division is 2A for people who know like sports divisions. Uh, what that means, it's like uh, I think we had 89 kids in my graduating class. Um, about 400 kids in total per, uh, per like, what is it, per middle school, per elementary, per high school. So it's really not all that big. We're not growing. We're just kind of leveled out. And um, as far as terrain goes, it's hot and dusty. We have dust, uh, not a whole lot of trees out where I'm at. Um, every single run is pretty much just on a, dirt, a dusty farm road. And, um, yeah, not a lot of trees. It's, it's always just hot. But I like it, though. I try to prioritize my training in it, actually. I do my <clears throat> my training and my workouts typically from 1 to 2 or 2 to 3, which is where it's usually the hottest. Uh, I just feel like it kind of gives me a competitive advantage when I can train for faster and for longer and hotter weather compared to other athletes. So I try to take advantage of it when I can. Coming from such a small school, uh, was it hard just for training in terms of like your team size, um, for teammates to do workouts with, or just easy runs with, or anything? Yeah, um, <clears throat> middle school is kind of a blur. I remember kind of training with the eighth graders. Uh, we actually won. We won our first championship in middle school. Uh, they bumped me up from sixth grade onto the eighth grade team, and that's uh, that was our first league championship that we won. That was really cool because I got to come through and I got to race all the other older kids, and I think I made I got like top twenty in that race, and I was super stoked about it. Yeah, you know, I was coming through for the team, and uh, hmm. what was the question again? Sorry. Uh, just kind of how was it, just with so small of a school, like trying to train uh, with yeah. a team. Okay, yeah. Uh, as soon as I got into seventh grade, I didn't have anybody to train with. Nobody. Um, so it was mostly me on the training runs. It was just me keeping myself accountable, which is kind of difficult sometimes. You know, it's easy to slack off and 
you know, skip a run there and skip a run here or, you know, go out and do a mile, just walk. Because <laughs> there's nobody out there watching you. There's nobody out there to really mentor you. And, um, but I, I always tried to keep myself accountable. There was times where I would hit slumps. Of course, everybody goes through slumps. And uh, it's just how you bounce back from those. It's how you recover from those. But uh, yeah, going into high school, um, I met my coach. Actually, eighth grade year, I met one of my coaches. His name was Philip Cruz. He was a uh, a graduate fresh out of Art U. He had been on their running team for cross country and track, so he knew a thing or two about running. Um, mm-hmm. And so he took me in, became my coach. I had probably four, maybe three other teammates that year for high school. Uh, my freshman year, and that was really cool because I had kind of people to run with. My coach I could run with. He was a little bit faster than me at that point. And, um, yeah, that was great. And then going into sophomore year, um, I think I still had a few people on the team. Most of them had quit, though. And then by the time I hit junior year, it was just me, the only one on the team. My coach had moved away during uh, COVID. He went off to the Army. And then uh, it was just me. It was just me and my dad. My dad signed the papers to make him my official coach. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a lot of like support from the school, you know, going into this last year into senior year, I was getting 10 bucks per race for, for my athletic director, you know, here's the entry fee. Didn't even cover the entry fee. (laughs) Wow. The entry fee was like 45 and I had 10 and, uh, there was no transportation provided. It was just us. They're like, Oh, you want to have a cross country season? You're going to have to get yourself there. And then they uh, they try to hold such great pride over their Urington runner who went and you know won the state championship and was the fastest in Nevada, but there was no support. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was yeah. hard. Yeah, so it was it was really sour. It was really tough. But uh, yeah. How was that transition from having your coach to then having your dad coach you? Um, it was kind of natural, I guess. My my dad didn't like take up coaching in a way. He kind of just he just let me do my own thing. I remembered like workouts that I had done in the past and I had a good understanding of what mileage was and what I should be hitting just off of uh, just books and articles that I was reading at the time. And um, I've trained a lot. Like I was, I would do like 60 to 70 at like 60 to 70 miles per week. And I was doing that like nonstop over the summer. And every single run was like a tempo. <laughs> I just had no idea. So it was like starting at like 6.30. I was like, okay, let's work down to like 5.30, 5.40 today. And um, there was no sense of like direction. There was no training blocks. There was nothing. Um, but man, it made me one hell of a runner. <laughs> really, I could, I could hold paces like it's nothing now. So it, it helped. But it was a difficult means of getting to that point. It was, it was very hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and then finishing out junior season, uh, uh, Lupe Cabada found me, um, and he became my coach. He's the Damani head coach for cross country and a, and a uh, uh, assistant coach for track. So he took me in uh, after the, the state championship junior year. He saw me running by him on the course because I was doing a time trial. Um, cause my state was held at a different place 
And um, I was just doing a time trial to see how to compete with other guys. And I think I would have got third that year. And I was just running by myself with other people on the course. And he just happened to see me out there. And um, he hit me up after the race on Facebook. And he's like, hey, was that you out there? I was like, yeah. He's like, what were you doing? And then I explained to him my, my situation. And uh, we became good friends. And then he's like, well, do you want me to coach you? I was like, heck yeah. And uh, yeah, he's been coaching me since. So. Nice. Yeah. Did you have any issues with injuries in your running career? Or have always stayed healthy so far? I haven't had any injuries, like any. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm surprised because I don't like overstrain or overtrain or any of that. But yeah, I haven't had anything, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. So why did you decide you wanted to run at Oregon? Like what made you pick the ducks? Uh, it's, it's funny. It's such a weird background to that. So in sixth grade, I was at a track meet and, uh, I think some adult was talking to this other adult, no idea who they were, but they said that Oregon was the best track program in the country. And, um, you know, being the, the kid that I was, I was like, Oh heck. All right. We go to Oregon then. <laughs> that's where the that's where the that's the best. That's where the best people are. Uh, I'm the best in Nevada, so I should go there too. And that was my my logic and reasoning that carried me out through all of my running career up to this point. It was just like, all right, I'm just gonna make it to Oregon, prove myself. As soon as I get there, everything will be cool. And um, yeah, it's really surreal that I'm going there now <laughs> off of that one like that one comment. That, that one person made so yeah that's awesome when do you feel like yeah. you really like committed to that goal like was it that day or was it later on in high school it was probably later on in high school maybe junior year my times were picking up I was getting faster I was getting more attention and um you know it kind of became plausible like all right mm -hmm. I could I could actually do this now. I just need to train really hard this next year and uh, you know get their attention, and I did. Uh, but yeah, it was probably junior year when I really became serious about Oregon, and I didn't really talk to any other colleges except Oregon. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then what was that recruiting process like? Because you're you're going to be a walk on there, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, hmm. I mean, it wasn't anything official, you know, he kind of, I told him like, hey, we're going to come up and visit Eugene in a bit. Uh, I'm talking, like I told Ben Thomas that. And um, he's like, well, heck, do you want to go on a tour? And I was like, yeah, but it, it was just him. You know, I didn't get to stay at like any of the athletes' houses or um, like have my hotel room paid for. We paid for all that. He just kind of met us at the gate and uh, he led us into the facilities, let us check it out, gave us a little tour. And then uh, we went up to his office, talked for a while just about my my career and um, how he thinks I'm resilient and that I could, you know, hold my own. And um, yeah, then he's like, well, heck, we'd love to have you on the team. And um, I was like, man, yeah, that's great. I would love to I'd love to be here. And then the topic of money came up because I was like, man, I want my dad to retire, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, well, unfortunately, you know, we don't have any more money. We kind of already gave it away. <laughs> and then to, to me, processing that, it was so difficult because I was like, Oregon, you know, there's so much money. They're practically funded by Nike. And um, 
I don't know. For me, it was kind of just like it was almost expected expected because I've always had to kind of prove myself to almost like the the bigger fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go and earn my spot, take someone else's spot, whatever I need to do. I'll be I'll be best friends with the rest of the guys, but at the end of the day, I'm 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 gonna retire my dad. That's always been the goal for me. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. And then how much of a role, like, um, you're going to be one of the, the first Native Americans to, to run at Oregon and even to be just a, an athlete on any of the Oregon teams? Um, like, what does that mean to you? And do you feel like that puts extra pressure on you to succeed at all? Um, as far as succeeding, I don't think there's any pressure with that. I'm, I'm really confident in myself. You're, you really have to be confident in yourself to run on such a a bigger team like that when everybody else has egos just as big or twice as big as yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm confident in my abilities as far as being the first native American, man, it's, it's cool. You know, it's cool to be representing that and to be that kind of almost that kind of hope for other native Americans that they can go out there and they can do this. They can go D one. You know, you just need to work really hard for it. And, um, yeah, the recruiting process, it can be brutal at times. You can lose hope, but for any like Native Americans, my advice would be to just not fall into the the trap of the uh, the crab in the bucket. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. No. So it's a term that uh, we kind of usually, uh, loosely use around here. It refers to when a crab tries to crawl out of a bucket, the rest of the crabs will pull them back down. Uh. So whenever you try to like get off the res and you try to go and make something yourself, um, it's hard to get away and it's hard to break, you know, old habits that you grew up with. So, you know, it's just to avoid that. It's to avoid being the crab that gets pulled back down. You have to be strong to break, to break away from the res. You really shouldn't have to be, you know, your people should want to support you for that, but it's always not, uh, it's not always the truth there. It's not always that easy. So, how much does your heritage and culture like influence the person you are today in your running? Man, a lot. I grew out my hair just to, you know, just to kind of like show people that I was I was native and I'm proud to be native. Yeah. Um, after some of my races, I'll wear my flag. I haven't been recently because my my own tribe hasn't been supporting me that much, so um, I haven't been wearing it as often, but. You know, to be native and to you know hold such a to hold such a title as you know winning Gatorade of the athlete or Gatorade athlete of the year or whatever. People look up to me in a way, not to like rise above them, but uh, just to represent them in a good way. So. Yeah. Um, and then I know. Um... I think a couple of years ago, right? You did a, a 50 mile remembrance run. Oh yeah. Just this last year we did this last year. Um, can you tell kind of the listeners a little bit more about what inspired you to do that and how that experience was? Mm-hmm. So background on the remembrance run, um, breaking it down simply, uh, simply, uh, it was a tribute to my great grandfather who was native American. Uh, he, he grew up around here and over towards Smith Valley, which is a little town, probably 30 miles south of me. Um, 
but when he was eight years old, he was kidnapped from his tribe, from his people, um, and he was taken to Stuart Indian School, which is about 50 miles uh, west of me in a town called Carson, Nevada. And um, for listeners who don't know what boarding schools are, or they just uh, you know, they just don't know. They were horrible places, especially for Native Americans. Um, they were you know, closely compared to like camps. Like they take you there to uh, kill the Indian and save the man. That was the terminology that was widely used back in the early um, 1800s and uh, 1900s as well. And uh, they were brutal places. To just briefly describe them, um, as soon as you get there, you they cut your hair off, which is why I have my hair as well. Uh, it's just kind of despite the fact that they can't take mine anymore. <laughs> Um, they, you can't speak your language. If you do, you get punished for it. Um, you know, punishments weren't just a slap on the wrist. They were, you know, sticking a needle through one's tongue. There were just brutal, brutal, brutal things that have happened. And they're just stories that have been passed down through all the different generations of Native American history. I have uh, a teacher who told me a history about her grand, about his grandma. That was really sad. And then even at the Remembrance Run, I listened to all the stories of all my other people, and they just had nothing good to say about boarding schools. And um, so what the run was, it was uh, we held it to help raise awareness for it, because a lot of people just don't know, and it's not exactly their fault. It's just not taught in public education systems. So our run was a form of, you know, teaching other people and having them understand where we come from and why we are like this and you know why the past can't just be pushed under the rug if you haven't really recognized what had happened um yeah all of this was sparked by uh by a discovery up in Columbus, canada it was 215 unmarked graves uh of children children ranging from 18 and below um mm-hmm. You know, just to think that, you know, it's a, it's a school, but there, there are kids dying there. And it got so bad to the point of, you know, when they were designing uh, Indian boarding schools, they were designing them with cemetery with uh, cemeteries in mind. So they would set, set across plots of land with the expectation of having, you know, kids die. You know, not just of natural causes, but of malnourishment, of suicide, of you know, extreme sexual abuse. There are so many bad things about them and it just, people don't know, you know? So that's what the Remembrance Run was. It was to, uh, it was to remember what he had to go through and what all the rest of my people had to go through. So, yeah, and um, the run itself was uh, 50 miles. It was 25 miles the first day, 25 miles the second day, broken up to five mile increments. And, um, yeah, it was really good. A lot of people came out. A lot of people showed their support. And uh, we got a lot of um, publicity for it, which is really good because people were able to, you know, listen to that story and then maybe get more curious and look my name up and then find all the other related articles to it. And um, it felt like I was really making a difference. So um, we are doing it again this year, um, August 13th to 14th. And um really looking forward to it. We have a lot of support this time. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of support last time, but this time even more so. We're going to have 
um, Patagonia. Patagonia has already donated a lot of stuff. Um, we're in contact with Nike N7, um, Firefly, that company, like the recovery bands. I don't know if you guys have seen those, mm-hmm. but um, they're willing to donate some stuff too. And then we're talking with other smaller brands as well. So it's really cool to see that people care. That's, That's awesome. really what we want. It's just the recognition. And can like anybody who wants come out and join in that run or is it? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. We... We encourage anybody and everybody to come out. Just, you know, just come out there and be respectful. Yeah, okay. anybody is invited. Do you think your success in running has allowed you to create a platform for you to use to spread awareness about this kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, it really has. Uh, I think it was last year I kind of realized, man, I have a kind of a big following now. And um, even more so now that I'm going to be attending Oregon, uh, my platform is it's only growing. And yeah, I want to use it to make a change. I want to use it to make a difference. And um, you know, that's the best way I know how. And to to keep growing my platform is to uh, keep running fast. So it's a win-win. I love running fast, and I love I love supporting and vocalizing for my people. So yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any goals at Oregon? Um, first year, I want to be top 10 freshmen in the country. I think I could get to that point. I really would love to, to get to that point. Um, do all four years. I don't have a major or minor in mind. Um, I just, I want to work for Nike afterwards for their N7, which is kind of cool because they want to support my run right now. So kind of building that bridge already. Mm. Um, but yeah, whatever it takes to get to that point. And then I, I want to run professionally afterwards. So that would all uh, that would all be the goal. Nice. That'd be awesome. Um, all right. Any other questions from you guys? Uh, yeah, let me ask you, uh, you know, going from high school where you didn't really have that coaching structure for a while until probably like that junior senior year where the guy reached out to you um mm-hmm. going to Oregon you know you'll finally have that structure in coaching um do you feel like going in now like you're more versatile because you haven't had a structure so you'll be able to be more lenient with like any of the training that they have um are you nervous about any of the training you know maybe something might be too tough for you I mean I know you seem confident in everything uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really have any worries about that, but, you know, just kind of sound off on how it's going to feel having like a structured coaching system and a team with you. Yeah. Um, I've kind of always thrived wherever I'm put and whatever mileage my coach wants right now, I could usually hit fairly easily. Um, and it's really cool because the coach at Oregon, Ben, uh, the mileage is almost easier than what, I'm, well, than what I've been running. So, uh it should be really good. The The training so far is going great. Um, it was awesome, actually. Just Monday, I ran a 357 mile. <laughs> it wasn't on the track or anything, but it was, uh, it was a little like half downhill, half flat, but it was also at 6,000 feet. So with that elevation in mind, throw me on track with a couple of other good athletes. I think I could get pretty, pretty dang close. And, um, yeah, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm really fit. I feel like I'm uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to you know get used to my new coach and get used to having teammates again and kind of build that that good team structure that I've I've 
kind of missed for the past couple of years. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, you've kind of cut off like a minute off of your, your two mile time um, pretty much every year <laughs> and uh, yeah. 10 to, to 30 seconds off of the mile time every year. Um, so yeah, I think doing that with the kind of very unstructured workouts you had been doing and doing most of that alone and then going into this new environment that's going to be more structured and obviously have have other guys to work off of I think um it could mm -hmm. could make for some scary times for sure yeah yeah I uh I'm used to a lot of different things <laughs> so yeah yeah I'm, it's gonna I'm really be... I'm really happy so. yeah um all right well we have um kind of a mount rushmore type thing we do we we decided to call it the daddy duos because uh, <laughs> you're gonna pick uh your top two for it um okay. so since you're going to oregon we're gonna do the daddy duos of um oregon track athletes okay <laughs> of all time of all time of all yeah. time of like so i'm picking like the the best athletes from Oregon or track, but yeah, Oregon uh, track. How many do I get to choose? <laughs> you're going to pick, we're going to do like a snake. So you're going to pick one and then we'll each pick one and then we'll each pick a second one and that'll be it. <laughs> oh, okay. So we'll have eight at the end. All right. Uh, do uh, I get to start? Yeah, you can go ahead and go <laughs> first. Go with the most obvious one. I really connect with this guy. I'll go with uh, Steve Prefontaine, first pick. <laughs> it's a solid pick. <laughs> Can't argue yes, that way. Um, Brandon, you want to go ahead and go? Uh, yeah, I'll go with. I'm gonna go with Galen Rupp. Very versatile. Mm -hmm. uh, has done all the good longer distance and the marathon before Olympic wise. So he's a good pick. Solid pick. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick um, Ashton Eaton. Mm. <laughs> Dominant uh, world record holder. Yeah. Uh, kind of took the world by storm a few years ago. So I'm going to go ahead and take him. Kyle, you get two picks in a row. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I was going to pick Ashton Eaton, so stole that one. I'm going to go with Matt Centrowitz. Oh, huh. he's good, too. Yeah, I think probably one of the most tactical racers uh, I've ever seen, and especially just meddling in the 1500 when the U.S. usually doesn't do that great in that event, uh, yeah. I think is a big deal for him. Um my second pick. Um, I'm gonna go with Cooper Tier. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Younger face, younger face there. Younger face. I think he's doing a lot for the sport, just with all of the new gen track and field mm -hmm. stuff, creating um, some hype for the sport. Uh, and he seems to be kind of the next big thing for Oregon. Just, um, he's on the 1500 meter team for worlds only a year out from college. Um, and he's still the 
indoor college mile record holder. So I think yeah. he's going to do great things. That's a good one. Um, I'll go with uh, King Chez. Um, I think he's a 17-time national champion. Yeah, uh, he's nice. Haven't, hasn't been quite as dominant professionally, but we'll see how he does um, coming back from this injury. But I think at Oregon, he was for sure very dominant, so I'll take him. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the younger person as well, in female, uh, Jessica mm-hmm. Hall. Um, okay. um, she won 1,500, I want to say, her last year. Uh, you know, professional athlete for Nike, uh, Australian record holder, 15 mile, 3,000 and 5,000, uh, just broke, rebroke it again this last weekend. Um, so I think she's going to have a really good career, uh, professional wise as well, but, uh, definitely, you know, a good role model for younger ladies and everything. For sure. Good one. I want to go with, uh, can't exactly remember his name right now. But he's a, a sprinter and a hurdler. Uh, I don't know. Let me see this. Hold on. Is it Devin Allen? Yeah, Devin Allen. That's my guy. He's so quick. <laughs> yeah, he's he crazy. So and quick. he's always on the, the teams, it seems like. Future Eagle. Yeah. He's nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, that was a pretty good um, good list. Yeah, Honorable definitely. mentions to Raven Rogers and uh, Brianne Thiessen Eaton. They yeah. is Shakari is Shakari Richardson a U O alumni or? Nah, she went to no, L- U. Not. She went to LSU. Damn, that would have been a good pick too. All right, well, yeah, check out Koo on uh, Instagram. What's your What's your Instagram handle, Koo? Just Koo Stevens. <laughs> really Stevens. Uh, yeah, Koo underscore Stevens. Awesome. And then go out to his, make it out to his run if you can, August 13th, 14th. Where is it? Uh, it's in Nevada, Earrington, Nevada. That's where it starts. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, shoot him a DM if you're, if you're interested in that. Um, and yeah, we'll be following you um, as you, you run at Oregon and then professionally afterwards. Um, yeah. Best of luck. I'm sure you'll do great. I sure hope so. <laughs> we'll we'll have you back again after uh your first year just so we can kind of get your experience and everything. Yeah, recap, after you become all American. Right, that'd be sick. <laughs> all right, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and follow our Instagram at distance underscore daddies. Also, join our Strava Club, Distance Daddies, to keep up with our training and see how you stack up on the leaderboard every week. Thanks for listening. Have a good week.